Hey everyone, welcome again to another episode of the Line Boss Podcast. I'm Heather Gray, aka the Line Boss. And today we've got wonderful, awesome guest, Dr. Sam Shea. He's actually a personal friend of mine and a phenomenal physician and a hilarious comedian. So um, this one is going to be a lot of fun. He's going to drop some massive truth bombs on us, hopefully make us laugh. Um, but we're going to be talking about mitochondria, how to restore and optimize. And that is like the biggest bu- buzzword these days is really getting down to the root cause of a lot of these issues. And when you get down to it, it's down to the mitochondria. One of the biggest complaints right now with most of my clients is is fatigue and lack of energy. Is that kind of what you're seeing too, Dr. Shea? Yeah. And um, I, I'm also trying to think of a better phrase than mitochondrial truth bombs. Thinking more like mitochondrial CoQ10 support I don't know just something something uh something more less 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 violent provoking you know if we're trying to help people with their mitochondria um yeah it is and and to that effect I think that uh mito- you, you can you can reasonably draw a straight line to 80 percent of people's uh chronic issues or energy issues back to the mitochondria I, or if it's not a straight line back to it directly it has to pass through the mitochondria at some point and to be fair like every every person who every every person who is uh in the functional medicine space has their organ or organelle du jour whether it's the gut or the adrenals or mitochondria or genetics or and or food intolerances or whatever it might be and every everyone is everyone is right and everyone is wrong that their thing is the most important um but i think the mitochondria it's kind of like it's kind of like a line in animal form you know i'm going to butcher this line or, or is that all all organs are created equal but some are more equal than others and uh, the mitochondria is definitely one that's more equal than others because everything has to route back through it and um, in fact, one one way to to understand just how important this is is that if you ever or like the, all the giant pharmaceutical companies have their giant biochemistry maps of all human physiology, and these things take up like the sides of like a three story building, and in the center of and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of chemical equations and enzymes on it, but at literally the center of every single one of these of every single company is the mitochondria it, it, that that is the center of the spider web in terms of all of biochemistry um, according to the uh, entities that that their primary business is uh, is shifting the cards around within the entire biochemistry system so yeah it's it's a really it's a real big problem for uh, so many people and also it's not just a problem it's also for people who want to optimize that when when in doubt if people wanting to optimize their entire function, whether it's their their brain or their um, longevity, or or just thinking of prevention in terms of neurodegeneration. I've got you know my father's dealing with dementia right now, uh, and this is a man who has two doctorates and a MacArthur Genius Award, and he can't remember what day it is or remember why he went up or down the stairs right. at this point. So, like that that's a fundamentally mitochondrial issue because his brain is rotting on the vine. So yeah, whatever people's interests are, mitochondria. Is, is the center of the spider web um, and all and people say well it's actually the gut it's like yeah the gut in service to what the gut in service to mitochondria that's that that that's kind of why it's why we breathe is oxygen to feed the mitochondria it's why we take in nutrients it's why b vitamins are a thing you know it's because 
the mitochondria really, really need a lot of them. And yes, of course, the anaerobic glycolysis or if you don't use mitochondria, it requires B vitamins, but you know, I mean, if, it, if it's why we breathe to help the mind service of mitochondria, it's, it's kind of up there with importance. So let's go back just a step and actually, why don't you give a little bit of a description on what mitochondria is and what the function and why it's so important to optimal health. Sure. Uh, and what I'll, um, the, the best analogy is an electricity factory. And that, that analogy goes really, really far. So if you live in a city like New York or LA or San Francisco or, or any city and the electricity went, went out, um, you have three days before it turns into Mad Max. <laughs> and, and everyone's just surviving off of batteries and candles and, and brass knuckles. So the, if your house is a house when it has electricity, it's a scary shell without it. So if we just understand just how important electricity is to us in the macroscopic world, it is even more important on the microscopic world that our city, our cells, each individual cell is a microscopic city. And the, that city requires electricity factories to generate electricity to run everything inside the cell. And the cell is a micro city. You have disposal systems, you have building systems, you have uh, security systems, you have uh, bringing, in, you have bringing in supplies, you have getting rid of waste, you have navigating your, uh, you have navigating your city in the context of all the other cities and there's trade going on. Your city may, one cell may specialize in a thing, that city may specialize in production of a thing or something. You know, it, it, the analogy works well enough. So you need electricity to run a city, otherwise dot, 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 Mad Max. So if the, the, the electricity factories are critical, and in fact, one of the main security concerns throughout all of any Western society is what happens if someone targets the electrical grid? I mean, that, that's the, literally the first thing on the mind is like, what they take out the electric grid? Because it literally affects everything else. So the electricity factories in the cell called, are called mitochondria. And what they are is um, his, historically, they're actually um, symbionts that, that are eukaryotic cells swallowed these other tiny little cells. They're actually not human. There, there are other cells with their own little ring of DNA. And the deal is we give them nutrients and they give us electricity. So it's, it's this endosymbiosis um, is actually um, Lynn Sagan, Carl Sagan's wife in the 60s, was the one who really popularized this concept of endosymbiosis uh, to that, that the mitochondria is actually a separate organism that's nested inside our cells. So, uh, I mean, it, you talk about from cosmic, from, from the macroscopic to the microscopic, you got Carl looking up at the stars and his wife looking into a microscope. It's kind of harmonic uh, from historically speaking. The, so these electricity factories require to have stable walls structure. Those are specialized lipids called sphingolipids. So this is where I'm talking about nutrition. Like everything I'm talking about is a component there's a physical component analogy of the electricity factory and then the corresponding nutritional component of the mitochondria itself. So we've got the walls. Those are single lipids or specialized lipids. You have the machinery inside the factory that takes the raw materials and burns them and puts them, makes electricity. Those are called vitamins. 
you have the computer chips that run the machines. Those are called minerals. You have the storage systems and the transition systems for those elect for that electricity storage. That's called CoQ10. You've got janitors to quickly put out all the sparks that are generated from burning stuff. Uh, we call those antioxidants. Uh, MN sod uh, is one of the more popular man manganese superoxide dismutase for the super nerds out there or Scrabble enthusiasts. Either of the two would want to know those words. The uh, there's other ones, glutathione peroxidase, catalyzed, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're janitors. Those are the janitors that clean up the sparks. You then have to have security, security guards. So it doesn't go like full World War II where like the Russians come in, like and take the, like, the, the factory brick by brick and put it to their own cities. Um, and that's uh, those we call that's the immune system. Um, you've got signaling um, between the cities to let people know what's going on. Hey, what's going on? Those are neurotransmitters and on, on and then different types of signals of hormones. Um, you've also got the uh, delivery systems to get the to get the fuel to the electricity factories to be burned. And there's three types of fuels and oxygen. So oxygen is the delivery system is red blood cells. So that's when you like iron and good lung capacity and, and, and all the all those things that go on with good quality blood and good quality breathing and making sure you've got enough iron and, and, and all those other things uh, and all the absorption pathways there. And then you've got the three fuel systems. Your mitochondria burn fat, your mitochondria burn amino acids, and they burn carbohydrates. Each of those fuel delivery systems are delivered to the factory through three separate truckers unions, three separate truckers unions. So the fatty acid truckers union is paid in carnitine B2, and in some cases, glycine, and, and I think magnesium thrown in there somewhere. So if you don't have, it, those are four currencies that the truckers unions take. And if you don't have them, the truckers don't deliver. So this is why you see fat burning supplements sometimes have carnitine because that's there to support the truckers unit that delivers fats to the mitochondria. The second truckers union is the carb truckers union, and they get paid in chromium, lipoic acid, CoQ10, and some B vitamins. The amino acid truckers union are paid basically in B vitamins. So if you are missing any of, and there's, there's other nutrients involved, like amino, there's, there's other amino acids that are the, uh, that, that do other things, et cetera. There's about, let's like, I'm, I estimate there's like 50 nutrients plus or minus that go into this whole thing. In, in summary, it's like, if you are missing one or more of these, or you're deficient in one or more of these, or especially in a combination, like a big combination, then the mitochondria doesn't work efficiently. And then you have an electricity factory that, you know, it behaves kind of like, um, uh, behaves like that, that company out in California that decides to cut <laughs> electricity, you right. know, because it's windy or whatever. Um, and so that, then things get shut down and the power downs, and then there's inefficiencies and then there's more risk of fires speaking of California. And, 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 and then you have to resort back to emergencies and emergency supplies and burn through your supplies, et cetera, uh, because there's no electricity to run things as normal. So that's, that's how I would best describe the mitochondria and the, that it is a factory and 
and also understanding the truckers unions and and that that's that's probably one of the most apt descriptions um false modesty aside that i've come up with to explain <laughs> uh to explain i love it that is an amazing like I've I, seriously, I just got done taking an FDN2 course on mitochondria. We were just at a uh, Quicksilver uh-huh. mitochondria class. So like I've been deep in it for the past month. And this explanation was like the most, welcome. like I could actually like see it all. And I'm like, oh yeah. You know, and, and I you, can, you can see the truckers like being all, like, where's my B5? You're not exactly. getting my- <laughs> But it's, um. I, and I love how you brought up the oxygen part. And I wish we could like spend just a little bit more time there. It's sad to me that so many folks, you know, I've become, especially with anxiety, the fast paced stress, like I've become a, a chest breather for years. And even with the stress and the anxiety, I even became, I noticed I was uh, holding my breath quite often, you know, and mm-hmm. it's amazing that when you start to be aware of your breath and how you're actually breathing and getting the proper oxygen to your, to your body, what miraculous things that it can be done. Like I used to make fun of people in their breath work and I'm like, I'm breathing every goddamn day. You know, if, if it worked so well, why, why am I still tired? But I wasn't breathing properly. Like, can you, can you speak a little bit more to that? Absolutely. So, uh, breathing, so breathing, uh, there's two major components around breathing. One is, uh, physiological, which means bringing, introducing oxygen in and expiring carbon dioxide and other another compounds out. The other is neurological. So the the, the physiological is you, you bring in oxygen and then it's basically ported through the lungs onto red blood cells. And then the red blood cells carry oxygen and deliver oxygen to the cells to be delivered to the mitochondria to be burnt. It's, it's, it's the same thing like you can't start a fire without oxygen. And like you can't burn a protein fat or car properly without oxygen in the mitochondria. So it's it's delivered there to have the thing to, to be, it's, it's called the final electron, uh, it's, it's the final acceptor of the electron transport chain to be kind of technical about it. But basically you need oxygen at the very end to make this whole thing work. So without enough oxygen, you can't generate the proper amount of electricity. Just, just, to, use, just to use some um, some mathematics here, that every cell in the body that uses mitochondria for every, like we'll just say unit of sugar, for every unit of sugar, you get 36 units of electricity called ATP in the, pre- in the mitochondria in the presence of oxygen. Now the liver makes 38, you know, because from a technical reason, you can ignore that. We'll just put that to the side, but just 36. So you make 36 units of electricity and zero units of smoke. The smoke is lactic acid. So if you, the mitochondria breaks down, then you're left with the candles, you know, to use, then this, the, it's like in the, in the streets, you're using candles to walk around in the city. Well, in the, in the cell, you you have a, a backup mechanism to burn sugar called anaerobic glycolysis. Literally the term anaerobic means without oxygen. Glycolysis means sugar splitting. So no oxygen sugar splitting is the candle thing walking around the streets at dark versus aerobic glycolysis, which means sugar breaking in the presence of oxygen is done in the electricity factory. So that if when you're walking around with candles at night, it's inefficient and you create smoke. So too in the cells, anaerobic glycolysis, no oxygen sugar splitting creates 
not 36 units of energy, but two. Hmm. Two. Damn. And plus two units of smoke called lactic acid. Now, what do you call? Now, if this process goes on for a while, you have to burn 18 times as much sugar to get the same volume of electricity, 36, as you would with one unit of sugar in the mitochondria. So the mitochondria is fragile, it's slower, but it's totally efficient and it's clean. It's basically the nuclear power of the body. Nice. Um, and I'm going to, we'll kind of put that little complicated discussion off to the side, but just there's no pollution. Uh, so, uh, but it's expensive to get going and it's kind of slow to, to get started. But once it's going, it's like, it's super efficient, very clean. So what happens, and if you, if you only are operating off the sugar burning, um, dirty sugar burning, wasteful mechanism of anaerobic glycolysis, no oxygen sugar splitting you get this build up, you burn through all of your fuel. You also burn through tons of your B vitamins because you need B vitamins to rapidly do this because you got to make up the deficit to 36 quickly. Um, but you also generate massive amounts of smoke called lactic acid. Now, lactic acid is that molecule that's responsible for making your muscles ache after working out. So what happens if someone's mitochondria is busted and they're relying on just this non-oxygen sugar splitting, they feel tired all the time because they are inefficiently making electricity. We call that chronic fatigue syndrome. And then they have chronic muscle pain from doing nothing except standing there. That's called fibromyalgia because you have muscle pain all the time for no good reason. It's because you're getting the same buildup of lactic acid, but it wasn't from working out. It was from a broken mitochondria system. Then also people burn through all their B vitamins and then they have a hard time converting serotonin, uh, tryptophan into serotonin, which can affect mood. And they have a hard time converting serotonin into melatonin. So they have a hard time sleeping. Uh, and so this is why you can see this cluster of fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, insomnia and depression all kind of smushed together in one constellation. Uh, additionally, you see, uh, and, and, you, and you can just walk down, you can just walk down the line of, of all sorts of things. If you're, and if you're breathing, this is going back to the breathing thing. If you're not breathing properly and you're not getting sufficient oxygen, then the mitochondria can't work efficiently. So you're then going to be relying in part or perhaps eventually in total on anaerobic glycolysis creating this kind of whole cascade. The other thing is that if you're breathing on your chest, that's a neurolog the neurological component of breathing is, is stress-related. So deep breathing into the belly is parasympathetic arrest and digest. If you're breathing into your chest shallowly, you're, you're, you're engaging in an evolutionary style of breathing that only comes up when you're panicking or when you're under stress. So then if you're stress breathing, then that sends the, the signals to your cells that we are under possible attack or under threat. And that will also shut down the mitochondria because even the mitochondria will make 36 units of energy and no smoke, but it's slow, but it's consistent. The candle burning system can burn a hundred times, approximately a hundred times as much sugar 
in the same amount as one unit of sugar over here. So you can get 200 units of electricity in the same second or the 200 X, the amount you get 200 units, whatever the ratio of 200 to 36 in the same amount of time. So under stress, you're supposed to mobilize and burn everything because you may, your body interprets you're under physical attack of to defend yourself. You have to run away as fast as you can. Right. So on stress breathing will ironically deprive you of oxygen and force you into uh, anaerobic glycolysis, which then creates all this long-term chronic issues and, and, and continues to damage the mitochondria. Man. So this is a beautiful spot to stop because that was also explained really well. And so we're going to take a quick little break. So if you want to find out how to overcome these issues and get energy back into your mitochondria, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I had a life and then I had Lyme. The wave one, having seen what I've seen and the results and um, the many testimonials, it just really makes sense. The thing that I just have wanted the most is just to heal and heal with my kids and just have fun. And so for me, it, it just ignited this new spark, like our life is so short, our health is so precious. Awesome. Welcome back. It's a little nail biter, right? And we know right. what's on with the mitochondria and good podcast drama. Great job. Heather. And what's damaging them. And now, hot, and now how do we fix it? Hot drama. Do, do, do. Okay. So the, the number, so the, the number one thing that I will, that I am biased towards in terms of fixing the mitochondria is get it tested, get the numbers, get the data, you can go online and, and Google top 10 nutrients for mitochondria and people are going to tell you, you know, snort this goji berry juice, use this you know, <laughs> rectal CoQ10 suppository, you know, uh, take, take the, you know, scalp absorb B vitamin, transdermal liposomal, whatever, like, and, and sure, those are all there. Um, that they're all there. And the question is, do you need them or those specific formulas or those delivery systems, you know? Um, and, and, you know, snortable goji juice, I'm sure it's going to be a thing. Yeah, just, yeah, don't just mainline that goji juice, you know? Um, the, I, I, or the IV drip, anyway, because we're, we're sophisticated about such things. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> it's, it's the, all of those nutrients are out there and, and you can read, you, there, there's entire supplement companies that send these fancy magazines that says like the latest nutrient, you're going to die if you don't buy it from us in bulk 12 pack, you know, and, and every nutrient has yards of research and this study and this study and this study, and they're all, they all have some truth to them, but they're all bell curve. And, and you are not a bell curve. You are a series of thousands of different bell curves that you are on different points on each of them. So if you, if you are just wanting to, to pop and pray, meaning pop some pills or snort pills, whatever, and, and hope you land on it, uh, I hope you feel better, then great. Uh, that, that is an option that so many people take. But if you are wanting to 
really, really find out and ultimately save yourself money and time in the long term because testing has an upfront investment that is an investment of time and money uh, and some logistics. But I promise you, it's going to save you so much time and money in the long term because you're not going to be wasting your time or your efforts chasing your tail, uh, guessing. And, and you, you can be, you know, $2,000 in, you know, to a couple of months of super swanky gold plated supplements and you didn't need those or maybe you did, but you were missing a huge amount of the other stuff to make them actually work because there were about 10 other critical things that, that were missed. Because to make the factory work, you need all of them working like an orchestra together, not having one someone doing a high C all the time, like the stupid piccolo guy that just can't get off his high C. And like it's you, you got to be able to know exactly what you need. So I'm very biased towards get testing first. My favorite test is called the ION panel, I-O-N by Genova. And that one was the original mitochondria test developed by Dr. Richard Lord. I believe it was back in the seventies. Uh, we functional medicine owes, I think half minimum of all testing to Dr. Lord. He's the one who invented amino acid testing for functional tests, uh, fatty acid testing, organic acids testing, which is what mitochondria and the ion panel looks at amino acids, fatty acids, key minerals, key heavy metals, key, uh, the, the organic acids, which is looking at the function of the mitochondria checks, all the truckers unions, how, are they happy or not? looking at B vitamins, you saw the neurotransmitter metabolites, brain inflammation markers. Oh, I forgot to mention the garbage, the garbage men. And for uh, the, you, you, there, there's waste that comes out of the factory that you got to get rid of. So this is the liver detox pathways, et cetera. And you also got to look out for um, uh, janitors are not, there's, there's other types of janitors that are not just for putting out fires, but for cleaning up muck and making sure there's no heavy metals or like bad computer chips that get into the machinery. So, so things that affect the mitochondria are like heavy metals, uh, petrochemicals, um, uh, inflammation, um, any toxins of all sorts, not just nutritional deficiencies. So you want to be able to test, uh, test for all of those things. And, or I think like the ion panel has something like 150 plus different metabolites on it to, to check. And once you get testing and then you find someone more important, aside from, you know, just getting the test is not the thing. It's actually getting it interpreted correctly. So you want someone who's actually been trained. I spent four years training on reading this mitochondria panel. Like that, that was my clinical life in, in my um, clinical education arc was four years studying uh, under Dr. Kalish, how to understand the mitochondria panel. And he loved, he loved my stuff so much. He actually interviewed me on how I repackaged his material on fatty acids. I have that on my YouTube channel. And it's, and that, I thought it was a real honor that someone who's like teaching people how to read this, like asked me to reteach what he was teaching because I just kind of put it together in a, in a, in a six part ang uh, system. But that's just like one facet of these multiple facets of this test. So if people are, there's other, there's other mitochondria tests out there. Great Plains has the oat test. Um, there's, because uh, it's funny because when we were at that class the other night, didn't he basically say that there wasn't a whole lot of markers or testing you can do for mitochondria? And I was, yeah, well, I, 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 that's the one thing I have to talk to Dr. Roundtree about, because I think 
um, what he was talking about was the very specific markers of like NAD concentration. Mm. And I, I think what he was talking about was the very, 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 very limited number, but extremely important um, mitochondrial markers he was looking at. I, I, he wasn't, I mean, I, I, I bit my tongue because it's, it's Dr. Roundtree, you know, like, and he's, he's, he's got, he's, you know, he's a luminary. He's, he was my instructor. Um, but that's, that was, that was my interpretation of the evening is that he, he knows just as well as I do that the ion panel is out there. I think it's just the specific markers that he's really pining after aren't available yet, gotcha. but there's 150 other ones that are perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so there, there's the, the, the O test by Great Plains. There's the OMX, uh, by, uh, uh, Diagnostic Solutions Lab. Uh, that has amino acids and organic acids. I believe they're coming out with fatty acids soon. There's, um, the, there is, Genova also has the metabolomics, which is a non-phlebotomy. Uh, it's just urine and, and blood spots. So it was developed during COVID so people could avoid going into a doctor's clinic, if, and, but they still wanted to do a version of the test. That, that test is, has fewer markers on it because blood spot technology is great, but still limited compared to a full blood draw. Then there's the NutraVal, which um, in reality, uh, that was the ripoff of the ion panel originally. Uh, Genova and Metametrics Labs were rivals. Dr. Lord would build the tests and test them for a couple of years to see if they were viable. Then Genova would wait and then copy them for cheaper in an inferior test. And they called out the NutraVal. And then in the 2000s, Genova had the good graces to buy Metametrics. And then so now the Ion and the Nutravel were under the same company. So now, um, so the, the Ion panel, uh, the Ion panel is still a superior test, even though uh, it's now the Nutravel and the Ion panel are now basically equivalent in terms of the markers, but the Ion panel has a superior readout that it's much, it's much more accurate to read out to compare the different statistical quintile systems. You know, and this is just nerd speak, you know, to be able to compare, because sometimes when you look at something, you're looking at one metabolic step to the next. And if, if, if you, it's like you, you take a one step and it's over here, like it's fourth quintile, like it's very, it's, it's high up in the percentage compared to the population, but the very next metabolic step, which goes through an enzyme, and then it's like way lower. It's two quintiles difference. Dr. Lord says like, that's an enzyme issue. It's not, a, so from, it, it's, it's, a, it's not, a, you're not deficient in this. It's the enzyme that requires vitamins and minerals and all the other support systems that's broken to convert this thing into this. So it should be approximately equal or within one quintile. But if it's more than two quintiles away, then it's the machine that's busted. It's not a deficiency. So we need, that's, that's how you know Oh, I just need to supply this nutrient down here. No, you need to supply the nutrients for the enzyme. And so that you can do way more, more readily on, um, way more readily on the ion panel. So it's, uh, I want to run one now. Yeah, they're fun. They're, they're involved, uh, but they're, they're fun. Um, I mean, I guess only a nerd would, uh, call, lab analysis fun but i agree that <laughs> so i was like I want, I want one <laughs> yeah. um so uh so that's that's what to go how do you optimize your mitochondria the the my answer is 
get it tested. That is the single most efficient pathway to optimize mitochondria. All the other lifestyle stuff is absolutely worth doing. And, and when you're working with any clinician or any practitioner, or any coach, make sure that they have a system to analyze the, your entire lifestyle past and present so that you, they can start recommending and you start implementing the proper lifestyle changes that are going to support your mitochondria, such as if you're a shallow breather, here's like the four most important breathing techniques. If you are really stressed out and you're switching the signaling in your system from, from parasympathetic to stress, here's like the top three, you know, mindfulness apps, or here's a thing to study, you know, EMDR or the work of Aaron Katie. Uh, if your if your sleep is off, like there's no amount of snortable goji berry juice that's going to fix chronic insomnia. So you may need to get sleep uh, sleep hygiene looked at. If you are engaging in exercise that is the wrong type for your body, or you're not allowing for enough recovery, you can then careen into chronic inflammation from over-exercise. I've lectured at genetics conferences on, this is true, exercise-induced obesity, because mm -hmm. I figured out the genetics of uh, how people can over-exercise and they actually get fatter, but it's a puffy weight. It's right. a water weight. It's not a caloric weight. And these are people that, you know, if they eat a little, it's called the muffin test. They, they take a bite of a muffin and they put on, you know, two to four pounds and it was just a little muffin. And it's like, there's no way unless it was that muffin was last year's regifted Christmas fruitcake. It didn't weigh two to four pounds. Right. So it, you, they took a little bite and they suddenly balloon up two to four pounds. It wasn't the muffin. It was all the inflammation, what was in that muffin triggered that then caused the body to retain water to in order to what? Buy the liver and kidneys time to flush out the inflammation. I love so that you brought up that part because I, I do the DNA companies lab for DNA testing and, and it, they have a whole exercise point and it was beautiful. Like in there, it said that I am not supposed to be doing high intense cardio that it, it causes, uh, you know, I've got thin cell walls, you know, so it actually causes a lot more inflammation and a lot more damage. And I've never liked cardio, but that was the whole mentality, right? Calories in versus calories out to lose weight. So I would, yeah. I would go on to a spinning class and then come home and sleep for three hours afterwards. Cause I completely trashed my system, you know? So I love that you brought that exercising correctly, right. For what your body needs, because yeah. everybody's different. Yeah. I've had this, this is especially true when um, you have people who are gym bunnies that just constantly work out and then they get fatter the more they work out and talk about demoralizing and then they just try to do more right. more and more and more and i've had to talk several people off the exercise ledge and be like you actually need to recover more and oh my god does the negotiation begin right so, but but i but what if i just do like an hour and i can just like do like do like only lower body weights for the hour i'm like how about no does that does no how about never does that there's never an option. Like you don't, you're not gonna do an hour of lower body. So it's this, this is where genetics testing intersects with mitochondrial testing because people who work outside their genetics tax their body and wear their mitochondria down because your, your body is being worn out literally. And the looking at genetics 
just just to make the distinction, genetics doesn't tell you what's what nutritional status you have now. It tells you where your optimal lifestyle is and where your fault lines are. Yeah, that's what genetics does. And if you know where you're where you're supposed to optimally aim at, whether it's your diet or your exercise or your nutrition or, or certain nutrients you're genetically going to be working, burning through faster than other people. Like you, you need to know where your optimal is, but you also need to know where your fault lines are. And then you can learn from your genetics. What is the lifestyle changes you can make to minimize the fissures in your fault lines and optimize your life to live more fully in how you were genetically born to optimally live. Absolutely. So for me, like, like I was, I thought I was having a perfect Mediterranean diet. Like I knew the names of my farmers and their chickens. Like I, I was like perfect Mediterranean diet. And I was still going through these up and down waves of energy crashes and mood and all the rest of it. And then I did my genetics and uh, I found out that I was keto. I'm sorry. I I was paleo, the low lowest carb paleo straddling keto. And it wasn't a carb quantity, quality issue. It was a carb quantity issue. And then I changed my diet. Like I'm so much healthier now that I changed my diet to my genetics. And yes, high carb people exist just like keto people exist. And there's four shades of gray of Mediterranean. Like there's, there's, there's different types of Mediterranean. There's four different types. And there's like three types of different paleo, depending on carb tolerance. And like, there's, there's all sorts of different nuances between these different global diets that can be determined genetically. So uh, whereas you've got genetics, which is where your fault lines and where your optimals are, but then you've got mitochondria testing as well as hormone testing and gut testing and, and, and all these other functional tests, they are the thumbprint of where you are now, right? That's, they are selling, where are you now? And the genetics, ideally they're done together because the genetics is where do I want to go and where are my fault lines? And the functional tests like mitochondria, hormones, gut, et cetera, they tell you where, it, where are you right now? And are you going in, which direction are you, are you headed towards fault lines? Or are you headed towards optimal? Like where are you headed? And so the, the two together are an absolutely wonderful combination. And also the genetics can tell you, um, for example, if you know if you're a homozygous variant in the MN gene, that means that your head janitor that puts out free radicals and fires in your mitochondria is real slow. <laughs> real slow. That, that, that head janitor is- Broke up is, a little bit. What was that janitor's name? Head janitor, uh, Al. I don't know. I didn't give him a no, name. No, no, uh, what was the what was the oh, MN side? Okay, yes. MN 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 side. Bob Joe, like, Joe, Joe, Joe the head janitor of mitochondria. I mean <laughs> I'm like, why don't you have your mitochondria? I mean, what, what would you name your head janitor of your mitochondria? Felix? I mean, what what do you <laughs> so um anyway. So MN, so there's three, there's three main janitors. The head janitor is MN sod, and the, the two sub janitors are glutathione peroxidase or GPX1 and catalase or CAT, C-A-T. Uh, those, those are the shorthands for those three genes. Um, and, and then you can, th- there's multiple ways the, the, the genes intersect with mitochondria health. Um, but yeah, so uh, just to summarize, mitochondria are the factor, electricity factor of your body Everything that you can, every analogy that fits into electricity factory works nutritionally with the mitochondria. 
from from the walls to the machines to to the computer chips to cleaning up the mess to cleaning to preventing fires to security systems to Felix truckers the union Felix the janitor we can't forget Felix you know uh, the uh, there's all those analogies work and the best way to figure out how to help your mitochondria is testing and proper lifestyle evaluation to make sure that you're doing everything to support your mitochondria and testing for mitochondria. There's also peripheral tests that connect to mitochondria like genetics, but also thyroid. Uh, thyroid, the, the end organ of the thyroid is the mitochondria. Um, people say like, what is, what is, what is mitochondria? What is the thyroid check? Basal metabolic rate. What is that? Basal metabolic rate. Okay. That is how much your mitochondria are burning energy on a daily basis. T3 acts on the mitochondria. T3, T4 is the little car, the four-wheel car that leaves the thyroid and just drives around and gets to the cell and then you know pulls up, pulls up to the mitochondria and they all wave to Felix from the car. And then they open one door. So it's a T3, like the, the three, then, then the engineer T3 pops out and then turns on the dials, turns up and down the dials for the mitochondria. So if you have a weaker thyroid, you don't have the engineers to turn up the mitochondria. Now, so some people with apparent mitochondrial problems may just have thyroid issues. Mm. And the reverse is true. People who apparently have thyroid issues, what happens when people are hypothyroid? They're slower. They, they put like, like everything is slowed down because there's not electricity to go around. Well, some people, they have this frustration of, oh my God, I have all the signs of hypothyroid, but my thyroid levels are normal. It's so frustrating. And so there's two issues with that. One is they may have missed the other thyroid markers. They may have just checked for TSH and that's it. And as opposed, they missed five other markers like free T3, 3T4, reverse T3, antithyroid peroxidase antibodies, antithyroglobin antibodies. Um, so they may not have tested all the markers correctly, or it's not a thyroid issue, it's a mitochondrial issue. The problem is not with the engineer turning dials and flipping switches, it's that the factory is broken. And the engineer to turn on and off the factory is not the same engineer to fix the factory. So, so you're just trying to put more engineers to, you know, you ever done this in your house? Like, like turn the switch on harder as if that's gonna work better, you know? Like- Aggressively uh, flip the switch. <laughs> exactly. Like. Curse you on and off function. Uh, what was what was one of my one of my favorite lines out of these Simpsons back in the nineties when it was still funny? It's like this is a light switch. It functions in both the on and off position. Let me demonstrate. You know, um, so so the people with apparent thyroid issues, but their thyroids are quote normal. You need to get to a functional medicine practitioner and get your mitochondria checked, as well as most likely your thyroid to make sure you got the other markers checked as well. So uh, that's, that's the short version of, of how to optimize your, your mitochondria. Like we got to land and, the plane, Dr. Shea, land the okay. plane. Land the plane. We'll, we'll call him Felix's brother. Um, he's, he's, I, I don't know how I can fit up a plane analogy into physiology, but we'll, I'll, <laughs> let me think on it. Uh, for another show indeed but no let's get to the uh the shameless plug time so where can people find you if they want to dig deeper sure. in your mitochondria health 
Absolutely. So I've got, so in the shameless plug department, I, they can go to my website and my website is drsamshay.com, D-R-S-A-M-S-H-A-Y.com, D-R-S-A-M-S-H-A-Y.com, drsamshay.com. There I've got several eBooks. One's called biohacking your bio, biohack your biohacking with the 10 pillars of health. That goes into my model for analyzing lifestyle. And I go into much more depth on lab analysis, including mitochondria. And I've got two eBooks on genetics, one on genetically determining your ideal diet, the other one on uh, the revolution, uh, your missing genes, a revolutionary method to find your ideal weight, ideal diet, balanced, balanced weight and help quote, stop the clock of the effects of aging. Um, also, if people wish to work with me directly, they can apply for, they can go uh, schedule an application call uh, to speak with me. And it's on uh, also on my website under contact. And I'll listen uh, to what you've got going on and see if you're right fit for this type of lab test focused based support. Awesome. Fantastic. Love it. Um, uh, last thing, uh, if you want to see my comedy, uh, go to my YouTube channel, just type in Dr. Sam Shea comedy or just, and, and you'll, and you'll find my YouTube channel with all my comedy stuff, as well as my other talks. If you're local to Colorado and you get a chance to see him, we, we went a couple months ago and he does a, uh, David Attenborough, uh, impersonation of folks in Boulder and Boulder life. That is just freaking hilarious. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, writing but, stuff about Boulder is kind of, kind of easy stuff to write, but I try to do it in a clever way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah boulder just kind of writes itself sometimes doesn't it yeah. um but yeah anywho so awesome everybody thank you so much dr shay i really appreciate you taking the time today and uh make sure to stay healthy i mean okay. have a healthy thank you heather great to chat with you have a good one